0: Hello and welcome back to the Grace Field's Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and I am so excited to be back with you guys this week after our long holiday weekend. It is just after Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, can we believe it? We're going into the first week of December and rounding out 2021, folks. Like It is just, time is just flying by. But here we are rounding out the year with some really good stuff for you on the podcast. And I know that so many of you have been waiting for an episode on this topic, an episode that tackles certain things like when your husband says, fill in the blanks here, but he might say certain things like, that's your issue, not mine. Or... I can't control what you think, or you're being so dramatic, or I can't deal with your emotions. You're crazy right now. This must be so frustrating, right? I can only imagine how frustrating it might feel to be trying to communicate with your husband and he continues to deflect or turn the issue around from where we're trying to address it. We went through last week Uh, We talked about how to get what you want without your husband getting defensive, right? And we talked about how we can alter our language to disarm him and make him less defensive. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that episode and you think that might be um, really good information for you, feel free to pause and and listen. But I can, uh, spoiler, right? At the point of the episode where we got to this, at that point, that's where I gave pause. So we talked about all types of things that we can do to change our language, but I stopped at the point for the women whose husbands always seem to react with these like maddening statements. If your husband often responds to you with statements such as this, he's using deflection as his defense mechanism. And while deflection is a symptom of some emotional immaturity, and in some cases can be a symptom of a greater issue like narcissism, this is not intended to diagnose anyone's husband, but rather give you some tools to cope with it. So let's jump in to this week's episode and find out how we can deal. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, so let's start with getting clear on what deflection is. So as a verb, the word deflect means to make something deviate from its original path or to turn aside. So in sports, we might say we're deflecting a shot, right? So if something is coming at us or towards us or towards a thing, to deflect it would be to turn it away in another direction as a noun or when somebody is using deflection as a tool, they're turning aside blame or criticism or focus. They're trying to make that blame or criticism or focus deviate from the original path, which is them. So in other words, they're tr- seeing the words coming at them as a shot, right? And they're using deflection as a defense mechanism to protect themselves or their image or their perception of themselves. Someone who's deflecting, they they refuse to be accountable for their actions. They, they basically refuse to take accountability for their wrongdoings. Some of the tools of the deflector are as follows. We'll go through and some of them are more common than others and we'll go into that a little bit. The first tool is gaslighting, right? And this is a tool of a narcissist that this is where they deny you know, where, no, no, I didn't, you know, you you say something and they're like, nope, I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. They're basically trying to make you think that you're crazy. um, And really turning things around you saying it has nothing to do with them. Gaslighting is a, a really big tool of a narcissist. I would suggest you reference episode number 54, Help. I Think I'm Married to a Narcissist with Ronika Comier. She is my uh, good friend of mine and a trauma coach. And we go into that deeper where she gives us a lot of the signs of what a narcissist is. And we talk about, in that episode, some of the signs of gaslighting. The next tool of a deflector would be attacking. Uh, that might be some abusive language or name-calling. Oh, you think you're so much better than me. Or, oh, you're you're lucky to be married to me. Or, I don't even care what you think. You're an idiot. Or, you're so nasty. Or, you're such a B-word. Wow, those are huge. Both gaslighting and attacking is huge. And I want to pause here to say this. Uh, My girls, my listeners, right? They are in marriages where um, maybe the husband has some, uses some deflective mechanisms but he doesn't abuse. So he doesn't do the first two things that I mentioned. He doesn't gaslight or he doesn't attack. And if that is happening, if he does, that's a whole lot of, like a whole red flag right there. So I would say you can proceed with caution, but understand that this behavior is is not okay and it shouldn't be tolerated. That violates your safety and well-being, and you can come back from it, but just be very aware and very careful with what you allow. Because remember, we teach people how to treat us by what we allow so the next tool tool next two tools <laughs> are of the deflector are definitely more common this is where you might hear your husband in the language uh, the first one is he might hold up a mirror uh, and that is he might say something about well how about when you did or i only did this because i knew you would blank or well if you weren't so blank maybe i wouldn't blank now, the, well, if you weren't so blank, could fall into attacking, but not necessarily in an abusive way. These are just some of the things that we might hear um, the deflector saying, right? This holding up a mirror, kind of turning it back to us. The other thing is they project their guilt, right? So guilt, uh, the projection is a form of deflection, but uh, this is uh, this is the, the difference, right? When, when someone is... Pro- Projecting. They're taking their own unwanted stuff and laying it else on someone else's shoulders. So they're taking their own. He's taking his own stuff and he's basically putting it on you. He's putting a burden on you that is quite honestly not yours to carry. So there's a few things to understand about projecting. One, it's unconscious. So he doesn't necessarily realize he's doing it, or maybe he realizes he's doing it, but the um, the thing he doesn't like about himself is the unconscious things. And then the other thing is it's unwanted. So the what he doesn't like about himself or the thing that he's projecting is not something he wants. It's an unwanted trait or emotion about himself, not about you. And that's what a lot of times will get us into into trouble right some because when someone is projecting it can cause us to become immediately defensive because we're like wait a minute this is not about me I don't do that you do that so I love this uh, article uh, doc by Dr. Margaret Paul she writes in her article Stop Taking the Bait of Projection She writes this. She says, projections are very different than someone offering you gifts of valuable information about you. Projections are often angrily hurled back as an attack, while valuable information about you is generally offered with kindness. So we can use this in thinking about ourselves, right, for our husband when we want to offer him some feedback, right? Or some valuable information. We want to do that with kindness versus projecting. And that's how we can see the difference. And what we want from him is to understand that I made mean, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And yes, there's going to be times that uh, you might have to tell me about myself, air quotes, if you will, or, or tell me about some things that are maybe I'm not quite doing right in my life. But that should always be offered in kindness versus, like she says, the projections that are basically just kind of thrown as an attack. She goes on to say, don't take the bait. The real message behind projection, she exclaims, is I feel ashamed of myself for something I feel, want or have done. I don't have the courage to face myself, so I'm defending against it by attacking you wow i've read that i was like oh my gosh yes that is that is so true so oftentimes when we see this issue of projecting that's really what's going on here is that the other person is ashamed of themselves right he's he's ashamed of something maybe he feels or does has done or or hasn't done even and they don't have the courage really to talk about it with themselves Here are some of the do's in in this situation. We do want to say, this is not about me and lovingly disengaged. This was the um, advice that, Dr. Margaret Paul gave us in this in this article. She says, you know, say it's not about me and lovingly disengage. What she doesn't say, which I think is important, um, is to to use I statements rather than you statements. So if we just leave it about there, right? This is not about me, and we disengage. Well, that leaves the other person to say, to summarize or to assume. Oh, so you're saying, you know, if it's not about you, then it must be about me, right? So we don't wanna do that. We want to use the I statements versus you statements to keep them off the defensive. Uh, something along the lines of, I'm trying to talk about this because it's important to me that dot, 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 right? And we could see more of that in episode number 86. That's the episode I gave before where we talk about word choices and 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 the why we're going to want to do that, why we're going to want to use these I statements versus you statements. And we talked about our interests versus our positions. Those are some of the ways we're going to say it. But the thing we don't want to do. The don't that she gives us and um, that I love here is she says, the thing to not do when you're at the other end of projection is to take the bait. If the person projecting can get you to take the bait, he or she is off the hook. As soon as you try to discuss, explain, defend, argue, teach, cry, attack back, give yourself up, project back, or any number of other ways of projecting against the projection, the person projecting can now do exactly what they want to do, which is focus on what you're doing rather than on themselves. And I love this. I wholeheartedly agree with her here. Let me just break it down a little bit more because I understand that the wording might be a little bit confusing. So Let's use my analogy of the, the mirror, right? So the, the thing that you say, you say it to them and they don't want to hear it. They are going to deflect it or, or turn it back or it, like we're talking about here, the projection, they're turning it back to you. So now if they turn it back to you, try to take their projection and turn it back to them or defend yourself against it, it's it's almost like in being in a house of mirrors, you know, you have that infinite loop and it's just kind of going back and forth and you can see your reflection going on forever. That's what's happening because basically then now they're free to focus on the thing that you just did. They're free to focus on the thing that you did that confirmed what they were saying is true. the the defensive behavior that you displayed. So now we're in a loop. We're basically not being any better than they did when we turn around and take the bait. So for your own sanity, in order to pick your battles and keep you from lashing out and getting defensive yourself, oftentimes the discussion um, might—you're you, going to need to end the discussion here rather than turning or redirecting your original statements, as we've learned before. In fact, often in the heat of the argument, right here is this is the moment where he's least likely to be open to listening anyway not doing this sometimes, not ending the discussion here, is the mistake so many of us make. This is the mistake I hear repeated by my clients again and again and again. When we fail to do this, when we take the bait, as Dr. Margaret puts it, is what sends us into the crazy loop or on the crazy train, like we've talked about, of constant fighting until one of us calms down enough to get over it in air quotes, or make some amends or just brush it off. These are the things that I talked about in an episode where um, it's a lie to say it's no big deal. These are the things that are actually a big deal that we often in the, in the name of keeping the peace, we push down, we bottle up and we stuff inside that will then turn around and cause resentment So in this podcast, we don't just stop there, right? Because the the goal is to not allow things to be bottled up and kept inside and for resentment to fester. The goal here is always to create or maintain intimacy in our marriages. And we understand that we can't just keep ending the discussion. We can't just keep staying shut and holding our tongue and not giving any value to our feelings. In order to help you move forward with grace, and pray that the Holy Spirit fills your mind and heart with the proper words, there are two things that are crucial to understand. Number one, we've all done it. We've all had some level of emotional immaturity in the past. Dr. Margaret tells us we might project onto others when we have judged our own feelings, actions, desires, and motivations as bad, wrong, shameful, or dangerous. We've all done it. My son, my eight-year-old son does it all the time. (laughs) This emotional immaturity where I'm like, you know, why did you do that? Well, she started it. Or why did you do that? Well, he hit me first. It's like, that's deflection. That's emotional immaturity. Different, like I mentioned, than the gaslighting and the attacks and the abuse. Different, but we've all done it. Number two is to understand that the deflector, or in this case, your husband is defending against something that's making him uncomfortable or, or anxious. So the self-reflection question I'm going to leave you with today is why would this thing that you're bringing up, why would it make him anxious? And number two, what story might he be making up in his head? Now, this is going to be important, the identifying the story part, or asking him to identify the story if you're using the letter strategy, right? I understand you might be, you, you might want to say to, if you're writing the letter, and um, you might want to say something to him along the lines of, I understand you might be thinking or telling yourself this, but the truth is this. If you want more on the letter writing strategy, you can uh, go to communicationworkshopgr Obviously that workshop has passed, but I'll be happy to send you the replay where I gave a training on uh, writing letters to feel seen and heard. Now the value of these two points that I gave is the value in understanding that When one, we've all done it, and two, he's probably making up some story in his head anyway, right? Remembering that he's judged his own feelings as wrong, shameful, or dangerous, when we remember this and understand this, not only does it allow us to take our own defenses down, remember about not taking the bait, but it can also help us to have more empathy or compassion for our otherwise frustrating or, in our minds, childish behaving husbands. The consistent theme here is mindset. When we change or up-level our mindset, we're actually growing in wisdom. Here's the truth from God's Word to support that. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In James 1:5, where God says, If we need wisdom, we can ask for it in faith, and he will freely give it. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith and with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea and driven and tossed by the wind. Or in Proverbs 4, 7, where it says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and all you're getting, get understanding. I understand that this might not be a quick fix for you. It might still be frustrating to you. Wanting to change your husband when we can't is one of the most frustrating aspects in life. Believe me, I know. But I also know that when we model emotionally mature behavior for him, it helps him to come alongside us in agreement. If not, how well is what you're doing right now working for you? You may not be perfect at it, but keep it up and keep practicing the grace skills and you will be well on your way. And for those of you who are like, wait, what? What grace skills? What are we talking about here? Uh, I'm talking about the grace-fueled marriage method. Today is Cyber Monday. If you're listening to this podcast or this episode on the day it was released, today is the last day of the sale for 2021. If you miss it, I'll sorry You'll have to wait till next year for the next time I might have a sale. Um, You can, if you are getting this on the day, you can go ahead to gracefieldsmarriagemethod.gra.com. That will be preloaded in there. And you can... Get your discounts and your goodies for the course, and get all prepped for 2022 and learning all of these lovely gray skills that we talk about in this beautiful community that we are building. If you want some free resources, then feel free to jump in the Facebook group. That is the Gracefield Wives Club. Again, the notes, um, the link is in the show notes. Uh, or you can, and or, you can also sign up for that communication workshop that I talked about. And you can get the replay. And these are ways, besides the however many hours of information I've given you on the podcast for free. Those are some other free resources that you can do as well. But like I said, Gracefield's Marriage Method, we go really deep into these skills, um, into the things that we learn where I teach you in the course, all these little bits and pieces that we put them into a practice. We create a practice around it. We build Gracefield routines. We do a lot of self-reflection. We learn communication skills all these things and we learn not just kind of word choices, how to say, how to change uh, the way we say it, but we learn how and when is also the best time. And then as an added bonus, we go ahead and we will be doing that live together. So after you've gone through the self study, you're then able to come in and we can talk about it together where I'll help you through some of those word choices. Lastly, if you are looking for one on one coaching because maybe you've listened to a lot of the podcast episodes, maybe you've taken the course and you understand all the concepts, but there's something specific to your personal situation that you're dealing with and you need some help, that's where I do one-on-one coaching sessions. You can go ahead and email me to get info on that. And that's at Beatrice at thegracefieldwife.com. Until next week, guys, I hope and pray that uh, God is protecting your marriages that he is filling your hearts with peace that he is giving you wisdom and understanding in as you are listening through this content that you are gaining in your wisdom I pray that that is what my words are able to provide to you but really I pray that the Holy Spirit fill your heart and your words as you react or even better yet, don't react to your husband and that God brings unity in your marriage and um, connection and intimacy and love because that is the way he would have it and designed it. I love you all and until next week. Hey love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.